Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and like I said last week, this mama's got a brand new beat, and the Mama's Pearls theme song, which you just heard, was produced by my good friend, David Goldberg. You can find David Goldberg at www.davidbgoldberg.com. And I want to know what you think about the music. I love it. I do have a shorter version available, which I'm going to figure out how to upload. Or, David, if you could just do that for me, that would be awesome because we know how tech savvy I am not. And so here we are. Like I said, we're shaping up to be a real deal show here. And last week, we were talking with um, Kathy Pagano, who's become a recurring guest here on Mama's Pearls and who really is one of the most fascinating people that I know. She speaks a world... She speaks from a world and of a language that is long since forgotten. She's so embroiled in imaginative play and archetypal figures and mythology and astrology, and I always love getting lost in our conversations. Last week's show was called In Two, and there were actually two segments to it because during the first hour, I just felt that we were nowhere near finished, so we did add an extra half an hour. So if you're looking in the archives, the first you're going to want to hear the first part first, <laughs> which is called In Tune, and then the second part is labeled In Tune Continued. So definitely check out that conversation. The pearl of the week was Monkey See, Undo. And we were really talking about what Tony Robbins has said in that we aren't in an information age, we are in an entertainment age. And I kind of feel that we're in an infotainment age where we've really been so submerged in the media and we've come to a point where ourselves and our children, where the media is really such a part of our daily lives. And we, Kathy and I talked about the ways 
that this can be used for positive effects as well as for negative effects. And ultimately, we concluded, like everything else in the world, it's important to have a very well-regulated media diet. And in a media diet, it's the same thing as any other, you know, food diet that you would say, except this is media and a different senses that we're second, different set of senses that we're talking about. So it's really about portion control, watching what you're watching, and also taking the time to exercise your imagination, your own imagination, which are your own muscles, as well as to process what you're seeing. Kathy and I talked a lot about how children are just put in front of the TV. Often the TV is used as babysitters, and yes, I am guilty of that myself. But there comes a line where are your kids just being overly bombarded and completely going gluttonous with the media, or is there a healthy relationship that they're having with the shows that they're watching? Are the shows that they're watching appropriate for them? Are they able to engage in the stories? Are you able to then engage with them and discuss to discuss with them what they're watching, who they're watching, the characters, the plots, and, and how are they processing it? Are they turning into evil giants or are they really absorbing and learning? Um, I talked a lot about how my son is completely obsessed with Star Wars and I think it is a genetic a genetic code that, that he has that's wired from, from my husband because my husband is also a Star Wars fanatic and how that's affecting him. My, my son loves to go around the house with blasters and he turns Legos into guns and there's so many there's so many other things that he does which are can be seen as on the side of his, um, what Kathy was labeling, not as necessarily violent nature, but as his warrior nature. And most men do have an inherent capacity to lean towards being a warrior. So instead of looking at it like, my son, oh my God, he's bad, he's violent, he's going to be, you know, the next, uh, you know, big serial killer out there, God forbid, oh my God. But to really look at it, okay, he's exploring this side of himself and how I, can I engage in this side of him, his warrior side, in a constructive manner. So we do make up games. We do go around around the house. We talk about, you know, who we're going after, why we're going after them, and how we're going to achieve it. We work on our, on our skills. And, you know, we, we turn it into a constructive playtime where he's not just being bombarded with images from Star Wars that are definitely violent, but that we are engaging in an imagination and acting it out. And I, I'm starting to talk to him now, going into a step step deeper, about what it really means to hurt someone, um, especially in the beginning when he first started watching these Star Wars and more violent type films like Kung Fu Panda. I mean, he was Kung Fu when he's going around hitting. And I'm trying to explain to him how he, how he can't do that and how if he does and when he does, it hurts, and I know he doesn't want to hurt anybody. So the imagination side of exploring your warrior goddess and then putting it into, into actuality and every day, it's a constant thing that I'm going back and forth with my son to make sure that he's, he stays aligned in terms of his value system, in terms of knowing he doesn't want to hurt anybody and he wants to basically do the warrior play in a safe, constructive environment. 
So the one thing I did want to say is I was talking a little bit about um, transformers and the consumer side and merchandising side of the entertainment industry, and I just wanted to put in that I did look up. It was killing me that I couldn't think of which company created it, and it's Hasbro, not Mattel. So I just wanted to correct that up. Now today I am going to dive into something that's a little bit deeper, and we we kind of scratched the surface when my when my when my mom was on the show, and a little bit also when my father was on the show. My dad's show was taking stock, and my mom's show I can't remember the name, huh? Awesome. So um, it'll come to me. There's only like eight shows, so I should remember it. But when my mom was on, we were talking about how important it is to adjust your own parenting based upon where your children are and who they are and how important it is to be creative as a mom, that wherever you came from and whatever upbringing that you came from, you don't have to necessarily you know, completely reconstruct that environment and go ahead and do exactly as you've been, you know, reconstruct the environment that you lived on, that you had the freedom to change it and persistently make changes and self-correct. We were talking about, oh, it was a show that we were doing where we were talking about how parenting is imperfectly perfect. And that's just it. There's no such thing as perfection. And every single household, no matter whether it's on the extreme of being the happiest little utopian society or it goes on to the other extreme of being a really abusive home, nobody comes out of their homes completely unscathed and completely perfect and completely well-adjusted. There are always emotional wounds that are going to be um, that's going to be had. We all, we all get our licks. We all get bruised. And talking to my mom led me to really want to dive into that a little bit deeper, but looking at looking at this topic from the point of overcoming and how we forge ahead. I don't want to get stuck or dwell in negativity, and I really wanted to back up and kind of create a sacred space around this show because I really feel that this show and this space is such a gift for me to be able to really share with my friends and family um, and invite them in as a sounding board so that we can all kind of pull together what, what, what we're thinking and feeling and, and help each other. My, my goal is not to bring anybody down. I really want this to be an up-and-up show where basically every, everybody wins. And I really want to you know, make it a sacred space for everybody to come in and be open and be honest and being very non-judgmental. So, and I say this because we're going to dive into a topic called scar tissue, which is exactly what it sounds like. The pearl for this week is no bounce backs. And like I said, we all have our emotional baggage and we all have our, even our physical baggage and we all come out of our, our childhood homes or different environments or different experiences, not even in our childhood homes, with, with taking some, some knocks in our lives. We're not going to be placed on this you know, human plane um, without having a human experience, which involves a lot of emotional turmoil. We are just drama queens and kings, everybody. That's just, that's just how, it, how it goes. So I will invite you, if you want to come on and join us today, you can call in. The number is 347-327-9455.
that I, I do want this Mama's Pearls to be a, a safe space that we can basically learn from each other's experiences and pass down and not duplicate duplicate, duplicate um, known mistakes or misgivings. It was one of the things we talked about with Kathy on, on our entertainment show last week of tuning in, was that we can use the media and use shows as a guide for almost what not to do and to live out experientially an experience that our characters are having without having to go through these things ourselves. So queuing up that and queuing up my mom's conversation, I really want to introduce, and I can't wait to introduce you all, to somebody who I've loved for and known for all of my life. She has and is my, quote, pseudo-sister. She's the closest thing I have um, outside my, my sisters, uh, my sister Val. And she grew up next door to me, and she was older than me, and I always completely idealized her. I mean, she was like the hot, cool thing, and I always just completely wanted to emulate her. I remember going, um, she was 14, and I totally remember her as, as a 14-year-old. She was, she was hot. She had like the feathered hair. She, did, she took dancing, and I remember going to her recitals and just kind of like being in awe of her. And when I went to go get my hair cut one time, I walked in and I said, instead of the Rachel, I wanted the Karen. And the person looked at me like, I have no idea who you're talking about, who this person is. And I was like, how could you possibly not know who Karen is? She's just the most awesome person there is on Long Island. So with that being said, I really want to take the time to introduce you two to not only my next-door neighbor, but my pseudo-sister, Miss Karen Oster. Karen? Yeah, that, was, that was very lovely. Thank you so much for that introduction, and you're making me laugh. <laughs> I remember you watching me blow my hair. Uh -huh. I remember taking hours to blow that hairdo. And I remember you sitting there on my bed wa just watching me. So it's so cute. <laughs> you forgot to mention one important thing, though. Yeah. I, I did teach you how to walk. So the truth is you would be crawling now if it wasn't for me. And that's, a very, that's something my claim to fame is that I taught you how to walk. I, so, I would still be swimming in the primordial ooze if it was not for Karen. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me today. What, a, what an honor to be on your show. I am so excited that you're here. And I know that you've become a very prominent and powerful figure in your own world. And I wanted to introduce In my own mind, you mean? <laughs> in your own little mind. And I wanted to just um, give people a little bit more of a semblance of, of who we're talking with here. Because you're not just my pseudo-sister. You have become a powerful momtrepreneur in your own right. You went on to raise two amazing kids. And they're not even kids now. They're young. They're, teenager, young, they're, teenagers. they're teenagers. They're young They're young adults. And you also run Oster Agency. And from not just knowing you and of you know being on your list and knowing the things, from the people I've talked to, they've all said that you are the person to go to. And Oster Agency is the person to go to if you have a main thing, a main event going on, especially in Brooklyn. You become the queen of the Brooklyn. Brooklyn marketing, um, marketing events world, and I'm so proud of you for that. And you've basically built up your business by yourself, and I want to dive into that process as well. But I just wanted to give people um, 
who want to learn about more about Karen's and Karen's um, company, Auster Agency, please go to www.austeragency.com. That's A-U-S-T-E-R-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. And again, Auster Agency is New York City's premier strategic marketing firm specializing in creating unique experiences that reach targeted demographics in the most effective and memorable way. Nice now, commercial. I like, like that. that right? Thank you. Yes. Feel free to clip it out and use it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, welcome, my dear. Welcome. And also, you've appeared on many many of um, media shows, but you yes. you have yet to do talk shows. So, yes, this video is, I'm, shows. A vir- I'm a virgin to radio. I am so happy to pop your uh, radio <laughs> cherry. <laughs> Thanks, <buddy>. Thanks. <laughs> so, in going into today, I've um, the blog this week again is called Scar Tissue, and the pearl of the day is no bounce backs. And when I was thinking of this and thinking of wounds, my first reaction was to get very defensive, and basically to re- remind myself of all of like the comebacks that I used to arm myself, especially when I was a kid. I was really sensitive, and you know the one that stuck out most of my mind is you know I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. And I remember you being somebody who really helped kind of smack me a little bit to kind of say, don't be so sensitive and you got to toughen up. Right. And I want to start there because without you, I probably would still be in the primordial ooze and emotionally, you know, not capable to deal with a lot of the things that I've had to deal with and the knocks in, in my life. Right. So I really, really wanted to start there with you in terms of where did you get that that inner strength and that inner basically innate sense of don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because uh, I um, I have to work on being not as tough sometimes because I am so tough in that respect that um, I've come. You know, I've definitely had, I had a wonderful childhood. I had a very um, nurturing home, and then when my parents, I guess that's where we're going to delve into, correct, Cynthia? I mean, yeah. you know, Where'd my parents during very you know crucial years got divorced, and um, you know it was like sink or swim. And I was in maybe 17 or 18 when they got divorced, and I kind of, you know, it's the in retrospect, it was the best thing that happened to me because I swam, and I took those. Um, I took that attitude early on. Was you know, you may try to, you know, life comes at you, and you have a choice. You could either, you know, feel sorry for yourself, or just start making some good decisions to make sure that you're happy, and uh, that. That happened early on, and I'm happy that in my 20s I made some good decisions. And now they've lasted. I'm 44, and those good decisions um, lasted. So, uh, you know, in that respect, that's th- that attitude, that's, that tough attitude, um, you know, came about because I, ha- I, was, I had to. I had to make that decision to be tough. So one of the things we were talking about a little bit yesterday and that I know just from knowing you forever is that you were basically talking about when your parents got divorced, it happened at a very critical age for you. I think you were in college. Right. And 
you know, talk to me a little bit about what you were going through at that time. You know, college is such a critical time for all of us. We're supposed to figure out what we're going to do and be in this world. You know, how did you figure that out? And, you know, if your parents weren't really there to help you navigate, where, where did you go? How did you, how did you navigate that process? Um, yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. I was saying how it's so interesting that those are such crucial years, your early 20s and your, your late teen years. And, and, again, early 20s, you have all these decisions to make, like, you know, should you go to graduate school? What are you ma- majoring in? What's your first career choices? You know, you're dating people. Should you get married? Should you, uh, you know, all these crucial decisions. And when your parents are having their own uh, mishigats, I mean, you know, when they're having their own issues, it's they're not there for you. 100% to, to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So something that I still do today, which I did back then, and is surround myself with amazing people to help you make those great decisions. And, I mean, this kind of loops into what, why we're still friends and why you've always been my sister. I mean, you know, so my parents couldn't be there at that point. I mean, they had to deal with their own issues. They were, you know, busy getting divorced. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have always created a, an amazing support system, uh, something that, you know. Yeah, you, you kind of were a refugee for a while. And, yeah, and yeah. Bunk, I mean, that's. Bunkering I, down at, at, at my, uh, my parents' house. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I surra- you know, it's a, but it's so interesting because that happened. I was lucky enough to have that happen. When I was 18, I went, I actually, you know, one summer lived with your parents, which they, they were so wonderful to open their home. And it's funny because I've taken that lesson when I feel like someone's, hurt, I now will open my home knowing that people sometimes just need a little help and how far they can go. Um, but oh, really? Can I, can I check in this weekend? <laughs> sure. Spa services available at 1 o'clock. I mean, that, that's a really important lesson is to surround yourself with people, you know, out with the negative, in with the positive. And that, you know, I was lucky that your mom, you know, was a really amazing, uh, you know, just was available to me. I mean, I, you know, your father, you know, just kind of, you know, they were available to me when I needed that. And, you know, listen, my parents just had a blip. They had a, you know, they could not deal. It was hard for them to manage having, you know, a teenager at that point. So thank goodness I had someone to go to, to kind of hide out. And I'm telling you that today, same thing holds true. 20 years later, I surround myself with people who are positive because a lot of negative people try to, to try to seep into that negative, you know, that negative place. But I, I, I reject it. And um, I'm lucky that that's been a, kind of a, something I've lived. I don't know. Just, I feel like everyone should always surround themselves with people who are positive. And if you sense that negativity, push them out. And that, during that point in my life, my parents weren't really – they weren't really helping me that much, so I surrounded myself with great people, and I survived that moment in my life and others similarly. Well, there, there's a couple of things there. I mean, knowing who has a positive effect on you, sometimes you don't, you don't know until you've gone through a negative experience with somebody, yeah. and then somebody else shines a mirror and, be, and you know, reveals to you what you've just experienced with that person is negative. Um, that's right. mainly, you know, the, the typical thing of how people in abusive relationships, they don't realize right. that they're in abusive relationships until a point, you know, where they hit 
a, a point, and it's either that sink or swim. Um, they can completely drown in the relationship, or somebody shines a light and says, you know what, there's another another way you don't need to be there. So, yeah, you've been fortunate in your friends and your support system. I, I thank God have been fortunate and lucky in my friends and my support system, and there are some people out there who, who aren't so lucky. And you had the added gift of being incredibly social, and not and not shy to approach people and check them out. There are some people who are so so shy to even go up and say hello to another person. You know, it, Cynthia, it's funny because I remember I was in. It may have been the summer that I was living with your family, and your mom. I had made a, a very uh, important decision that summer. And your mom and I were sitting in her car in your driveway, and your mom turned to me and she said, "Karen, actually, this line was very powerful to me." To, so. You know, there's certain moments, and she turned to me and she said, Karen, you have great instinct. Trust your instinct. And, like, it was something your mom said to me that was so helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was, has empowered me, you know, because I was in college when she said that to me. And, again, you know, it was during a time that I was kind of, you know, I had college loans, and I wasn't really sure which direction to to go, and I wasn't really, um, it was before I had met my you know, boyfriend who eventually wound up to be my husband, who also, again, your mother told me to marry. But um, <laughs> she, um, she, uh, she, uh, those words, and I feel like that's a real gift, and not only a gift to me, but I also now try to convey in my career as a mother with my daughter, um, I've said that to my daughter, actually, those words. I remember Gail saying it to me, and I say it to my daughter, trust your instinct. Um, those are powerful words. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you have good instincts. I mean, I happen to think my daughter has great instincts, so, you know, I could say it. So, Your daughter is unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. She's unbelievable. Um, and I do want to talk about her in a minute. Yeah, sure. But... Um, but the thing about great instincts, that's one of the things I was talking about with Melissa Van Rossum on Quiet Time, was from an early age, engaging your children to have a quiet and sacred space so they can stay connected with themselves. Because it's really important, if you don't have the main, the main connection with yourself and coming from a centered place, your instincts can be all, you know, all off. And so it's really important as a parent from a very young age with your kids to kind of give them their own space and not completely overly bombard them either with yourself or with outside stimuli like entertainment or anything else, but just their alone time to constantly reconnect and recharge with themselves. And that's one thing that my mom and my dad have always given me was that space where they would set up the parameters and the guidelines for me um, and helped me process, but they really gave me the space to go out and make my own mistakes and to trust my instincts sometimes to um, to blip. <laughs> right. It's a good right. word. It's, it's, it's a momentary. It's, it's a moment. It's a moment. And, and, you know, and sometimes I had really good instincts and it led me to, you know, to doors that kept on opening for me, especially in my career. Um, and in my career, I'm also, I'm not shy where I, I, I ask people, I, I constantly network, I, you know, constantly follow up with people and see where where leads are going to lie. But in getting back to... Um, 
into the so trusting your instincts is a is a crucial part of of development and especially with women's intuition of maintaining that throughout your life and also to make sure that your children are are geared to trust their instincts but getting back to the blips you know when you're talking about how college is such a crucial time i feel like each stage of development and you know this this is also in tons of psychology books when they talk about development stages, you know, each part has its own crucial elements to it where if um, where you need to kind of meet those in order to like fully advance to the next as, as um, you know, be, sort of being unscathed or to really be able to advance. Otherwise, you can, you can still develop down a linear line, but maybe your emotional right. capacity is stuck in, in your teenage years or something that happened in your past. Right. And so, you know, your toddler group, your toddler group is really about, like, the, the initial bonding with, the, with your parents and understanding your place and kind of, and kind of your social situations and getting, getting all those fundamentals, um, you know, starting to develop. And then, you know, you're at your, um, younger years, your elementary years are a different skill set and your teenage years coming into adolescence and dealing with that whole bag of tricks, which again, we'll talk about your daughter in a minute. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other, um, developmental process. And then going, skipping into your college years and then your young adult years and then your 30s and 40s, et cetera, you know, each one has their thing. When, when you specifically were focusing on your college years, I mean, stepping into a young adult and basically being asserting yourself, you know, that's the time where we're really staking our independence um, and kind of, you know, if they haven't been already cutting yourself off from, from your parents and, you know, going out and earning a living for yourself and staking, right. staking out your claim of who you're going to be. So you were really, um, you know, struggling during that time of basically forging that identity of who's going to be the adult Karen. Right. So it, that's an interesting time to kind of have, you know, your parents just kind of... Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's interesting. Uh, big blip. Uh, big blip. Yeah, big blip, but, you know, okay, so I happen to look at things and go, problem, let's, solution. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, I was lucky. Luck has a lot to do with it. Um, I made good decisions. I've been talking to a lot of, I, I have a, a staff, women in their 20s that work for me, and I always talk about making good decisions now because they mm-hmm. affect you later. Yes, you know, I didn't have the support. I didn't have the, you know, family support. That would have been ideal or perfect or utopia. But then utopia is boring maybe because then you don't have, you know, I mean, you have to, I feel like I overcame and have a good set of survival skills because no one made it easy. Yeah, no one, right, so so survival is a good thing because, as we all know, nothing is perfect. And whether that's in child rearing or or marriage or career choices, I mean, survival is key. And keeping that sunny attitude and saying, you know what, just, you know, it's not going well, let's, you know, plan B. Okay, plan B doesn't work, plan C. What's going to make the best, you know, What's going to make me the happiest? So I look back in, my, in those years. I got lucky. I married a really wonderful man, which I can't believe I was that lucky to do. 
in my 20s? Oh, you know? Please, he's the one who's lucky. Come on. Oh, yeah, of course, yes. All right. But, I mean, like, say, I mean, you're, again, you're, I think you know this, right, Sin? I don't know if you know that when I was living in Italy, <laughs> this is actually a true story. When I was living in Italy with my boyfriend, your mother came to visit me with your father, and she turned to me. She was getting on the train. I was living in Florence, Firenze. And your mother t- turned to me and she said, get a ring. <laughs> like, that's what she said. Get a ring. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I have to get a ring. And I was so bizarre. We were dating for a couple, maybe, 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 maybe dating two years at that point. And uh, something I, you know, I wasn't, Mark and I were having a great time. And we were living in Italy. I mean, but she said, get a ring. And um, I got a ring because your mom told me to. <laughs> and I'm thankful that, um, you know, it all worked out many, you know, 18 years later, we're still married. And, um, but she, you know, my, my mom gets spooky like that. When she, when she comes out with her, you know, my mama says, and you got to do this. Yeah. Because she'll, she'll coast and she'll kind of let you do your own thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, this is, this is it. And you're just like, okay. Right. Well, it gave me clarity. Right. Um, you know, it gave me clarity. It's it's interesting because at that point it was like, it was exactly what it grounded me. Like you know, Mark had a great family and great you know, like it was exactly what I wanted to be moving towards. Now, right. you know, getting married is not the solution to everything or everyone. I mean, I happen to you know select a nice a nice guy, and you know what I learned from my mother that I wanted to give my children at that point. I mean, I don't know if we're segueing into this, but the one thing that I thought about my mom was always available to me, and that's because she didn't have a career. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a job, but she didn't have a career. My mother, right. you know, similar to you, right? You, when you were growing up, your mom didn't have a career at that point, right? Can you say that? Right. My my mom, when I, she was a teacher, and then I, basically I was born in her, and my dad really decided that um, it was important for them, for my mom to be at home and raise the kids. Right. Right. Same, so same with my until, mother. Right. It wasn't until my sister was a bit older that my mom went back and she started, you know, subbing again, and then she went right. for her master's in social work, and now she's like full-on career woman, and I'm convinced she would continue going and getting more degrees if she could. <laughs> Right, so now that that now you know it's interesting because my mom opt she worked while I was growing up but but I always felt my mother's my parents presence but my mother's presence it was very important to me I thought that that was a really good decision and I watched your mother right. opt to stay home with the kids and then have a career later on after the kids right. but right. those women and the influences that they had on me I decided that it would be important I was home with my children very early on hundred percent. 100%. And, but I did want to get back into the having a career when Alex, my son, was uh, maybe four, he was three or four at that point. And I decided that, you know what, being home full-time is just not for me. Right. Um, I want I, – I, it's not – you know, it was great. Loved being home. Loved being 100% the caretaker. I still am, a care, you know, the caretaker, but I wanted to have a career – so that would make me centered. So 
I don't know where I'm going on this. I, I I'm off. Am I off well, segment? There, well, there's a there's a cut there's a couple of things here. I mean, one is basically setting up a different structure in your own household, um, and wanting to be present for your kids, but still knowing instinctually that you needed to to work and have a career for yourself to be fulfilled. And that's an important part of being a mom, and I always talk about the work-life balance on Mama's Pearls because moms always feel split in two. And you probably coming from a place where you felt um, like your parents checked out for a while, even though it was a later on blip, that you didn't want your kids to feel like you were completely checking out on them, that you were still maintaining a presence in, you know, a constant, consistent presence in their life, um, you know, no matter what you had going on with your career. And I know that I completely feel as, as a woman that it is important to maintain a career and at least have your foot in the door. I mean, yeah. keep your skill set up and alive. I'm, I'm ha- it's interesting because I just, through Facebook, I'm friends with lots of friends from childhood. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just Facebooking with a friend of mine who, who's ba- trying to get back into the workforce after being home with kids. Right. You know, for 15, 12, she has older children. And she said, Karen, if I ever knew, na- if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, that it is impossible to compete with 20-year-olds, in the workplace, and she said, there's just no place for me in the workplace, which I, of course, encouraged her to keep on trying, but, you know, she gave up her entire career to raise her children, and really now that they're going to college, she wants to get back in, and, and it's really hard. So yeah. I agree with you in the sense of keeping your foot in the door, even if you opt to take care of your kids, but keeping your foot in the door, keep your skill set up, keeping, keeping your yourself contact. viable. Yeah. Right. Keeping your contact, stay stay engaged in terms of any advances in the in whatever sector or profession that every you're in. Every sector, everything changes so fast. I mean, I'm in marketing. I mean, right. if I took a if I took a snooze in the last 24, I'd say one year, you know, between Twitter and Facebook. I mean, I do marketing. If you took a snooze for one year, you'd be out of the, the scene. Right. So you really have to keep. 100% on. It's really difficult to just keep a foot in the door in certain industries. Yeah, and it is, it is, it, and it keeps getting harder because things yeah. keep speeding up. And um, I see that we have a call. Do you want to take a call? Take the call. Come on. Come on, Maria. Let's go. Okay. Hang on one second. Sure, sure. Hello. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. Hi, Cynthia. It's Bonnie calling. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Good. Hi, Karen. Hi, Bonnie. I was just listening to you guys, and Cynthia, you know that this totally rings true in my family and my life, what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but think to myself, this is my mom's issue. My mom fully gave up her whole life, like her whole psychology. She was getting a psychology degree and all these things for her children. And I always look at my mom. She had five kids. And I think to myself, she gave up her whole life for us. And, that, and right. I'm a little more selfish. I don't really want to do that. And so I always talk to Cynthia, you, and a lot of other people about how, like, I really don't want to have that many kids because I want to have my own life too. And I think that this is, like, a big issue that a lot of mothers these days um, you know, have and go through is balancing their lives between 
what's in it for me and, like, you know, my kids and my family and what does my husband want and all of these things. So I couldn't help but call in and be like, hi. <laughs> Bonnie, thanks for calling. I love this question. Yeah, it's, well, it's, well, Sorry. well, just to, just to back up, Kara, Bonnie is um, she's a total young hot mom. Uh-huh. She, <laughs> Got it. We we've become fast fast friends over the last uh, two years. Our sons um, were in the same school, and she's also my special guest for next week's show, which I'm excited about. And I'm excited Bonnie, too. me too. <laughs> and Bonnie has two young kids and she is a lawyer and she's also again struggling with with the work-life balance so um and again she comes from a large family and her husband comes from a large family where there's different a different value structure and i think the one thing that the three of us can agree on that it's important to maintain you know each individual's in the family units, importance in that education is a really big part of that, as well as career. Absolutely. It's so important. It's interesting because you're probably, Bonnie, you're probably Cynthia's age, a little bit younger than me, correct? Well, she's actually younger than me. Oh, gosh, Uh you're a baby. (laughs) I'm a baby, relatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is something that, that, this is my, I was telling Cynthia that this is actually something I feel I want to talk about more about this balance thing because I feel I'm really I feel lucky that I found that balance. And so I mean, listen, nothing's perfect. There's no true balance, and on any given day, I could be off balance. But the well, one thing that especially I, with you, Karen, where you, where you're doing events on the weekends. Well, I actually, yeah. Well, well, the truth is, I really manage that. Well, let me just go back up for a second. I yeah. I feel like it's about me being happy. Because if I'm not happy, my family's not going to be happy. So I've been really kind of, I've weighed in early on what made me happy. And being with my children does make me happy. Not all day, but making, you know, like last night I made dinner and we sat around the table and I looked around my table and I thought, like I actually stopped to think because I made a good dinner. Um, Well, um, like I'm really, like I love having my children around a dinner table. It makes me so happy. But I just had a super successful day yesterday, powerful, you know, feeling like, you know, just amazing because I produced amazing things and I have great clients. And But that balance about what makes you happy is your own question to yourself, you know, because you only know what's going to make you happy. I mean, some people like, you know, listen, you know some people like different things. I have a, a, a friend now that... She doesn't really love to be with her kids. She doesn't really love it. And she makes fun of me. Like, she's like, you want to spend, you know, Sunday with your kids? And I was like, yeah, you know, that's what I, I kind of like. My, actually, I'm lucky because my kids are teenagers and they, they're actually really fun now. They make fun of me and they, you know, c- complain about me all the time. But I feel lucky that I enjoy them. So it's about, I think, creating a balance for you first. And now if you ask my husband today, he probably would say, you know, what about me? Let's, you know, probably that's what you'd hear from him. Maybe there's not enough for him, but I know that it's enough for me. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you're not going to make everyone happy all the time. You know, some, you know, some nights I might, my, my daughter will say, you know, I, uh, I can't be home sometimes, you know, like Thursday night if I have a big event or, you know, maybe there's, um, I have a big event on Monday night coming up. I can't be there. And you know what? It's okay because I don't appreciate how much I do do on that Tuesday night, or right. and that's really 
I'm really clear now because my career also serves as a role model to my daughter. And right. that's also something else that's motivating me is now uh, I think I'm the, I look at what I do and the decisions that I make for both my children so that my, you know, so they understand that this is what it takes to make mommy happy. And mommy's here and she's solid. And if you need to talk or you need anything, I'm here. But mommy's important and she's a person and she needs to be happy. And well, I'm it's feeling, all, yeah, sorry. It's, no, it's also that. Um, sorry to, to pay up, but I just want to say it's also that that work is important, and you know, again, women have, and especially girls being brought up in this world, um, we weren't always supposed to be in the workforce. You know, we come, right. we're lucky to be um, the children of baby boomers, where that was the first generation where it was kind of converting over to where it was more acceptable and more the norm for women to kind of touch base in the in the workforce and Karen your generation and then my generation and then Bonnie's generation it's more sequentially that it's you know it's doubly the norm where women are supposed to be working right so that, but that's where we get screwed well so you, yeah that's where we're getting, <laughs> you know what? and Karen you said two things that people have been screaming at me since I got married and all these things happened to me because my first semester in law school I got pregnant um, unplanned with right. my first child, and I went to one surprise. of my yeah, surprise. <laughs> Welcome to marriage, law school, yeah. and motherhood, like wow. really fast. But I went to one of my professors, and she looked me straight in the face, and she said, "What do you want to teach your children? Do you want to teach your children that your education is important, or do you want to teach your children that you, you know, give it up for your family and you just do whatever? Do you want to right. be the one who does it all?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Then you're staying here." And I did, and I went through law school, and I had two kids, and and you, you should know, thank I, that you should go back and thank that teacher. Oh, I did. I went up there, and she was like, "Who are you?" But I was like, right. <laughs> "My life." Those you words know? mean so much because I think that we have to remember to thank the mentors that keep us. Yeah. Like yeah. I hope to do the same thing with lots of women in my life. So that's interesting, Bonnie. Sorry. And the second thing that you touched on was, you know, your balance and how you appreciate your time with your kids so much more while you're not there all the time, and it's. And I heard the exact same thing from one of my cousins who's older than me and works and all these things. And when it came time to get help and leave my first son, you know, so I could take my classes or whatever, I felt really badly about it. And she lived the guilt. guilt. Yeah, the Oh, my God, I used to cry on the way to school. Yeah. (laughs) she, She sat me down one day and she said, listen, if you are home taking care of your kids 24 hours, seven days a week, you will not enjoy it as much as the time you spend when you're not there all the time. Try it. See. And I did. And I have to say that I've done both ways now, and I really enjoy the time so much more. It's much more entertaining, happy, fun, and less stressful when I have, you know, limited time. So I totally speak to your balance in life, and I admire you for that. I think that's amazing. Well, thank you, Bonnie. I mean, the, the, tr- the thing is, I think the only problem that I'm seeing now, and problem, whatever solution, I'm gonna, is that the, I'm, I, I notice that I definitely still do 90% of the housework. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's the only, now, because I think that my husband could live without the house being clean or without dinner being, per, you know, made you know we could order in that's the only thing that i i can't seem to get right personally is because i don't have um 
I, I didn't. I don't have a nanny, or I don't have a cleaning. You know, I have a cleaning woman, yes. But you know, because I really want to cook. I kind of want to cook for my family. It makes me happy. But it's very difficult to run home from the office, and somehow have fruits and vegetables in the you know in the you know not stale bread in my home. Um, that's the only thing that I do find complicated. Making each other, you know, and having teenagers who, yes, I've t- taught them how to do laundry and I've taught them how to cook. Um, it's still, you know, that's the balance that I'm, I struggle with. But I'm, I could look back or look to say today, I'm pretty, I'm really satisfied with the decision to pursue a career, and I'm really happy that I'm able to. Um, be really satisfied with it. You know, it feels really good. My my daughter's going to college in two years. I cannot believe how fast this has gone. Right. I cannot believe it. And I would either be crying at home right now thinking of her going to college, but I feel like I've done a good job, and I'm happy oh that I have gosh. a great career to keep on keep on trucking through. Well, she's just your daughter is amazing. And she's somebody I've known all her life. You know, I I didn't teach her how to walk, but I was definitely there when she was learning to walk. And, um, you know, and I've seen her grow up. I've seen her turn into this really poised, articulate, thoughtful woman or young young woman. Young woman, yeah. My favorite part about her is that she doesn't take crap. And you and her were over um, a couple of weeks ago when I was preparing for um, my daughter's birthday party and doing some favors. Oh, doing those dorky favors, yeah. Sorry. What the hell? Making bows on favors. I'm an event producer and I don't even make bows on favors. Okay, whatever. Well, you you know I love that. I know There's you love the, that kitschy stuff. I love it. I love it. And um, it was such a fun day to to watch you and your daughter interact and to see how she keeps pace with you because you're a very quick person, a quick tongue person. I mean, I often describe you as Brooklyn's version of Kathy Griffin. I'll take that. Although my breasts are real, she's had a lot of plastic <laughs> surgery. My breasts are real, still standing high. And anyway. they're spectacular. Yeah. That's and, uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, that's my claim to fame. After children, marriage, I have nice breasts. Wow. You have an, um, an amazing body. And you look better than ever. i got to tell you that. You that's look so better nice than to hear. I mean, we were just talking in the office about that. About is it, you know, like when do you think you look the best? I was you, like, keep, oh. you keep getting better. You I, really do. Like a fine wine. Okay. You are like a fine wine. I mean, you were hot stuff when you were 14. I mean, I'll never get that branded image out of out of my head of you with the feathered hair and doing your dance stuff. Let's but, give it up for Farrah Fawcett. I had her hairdo. <laughs> give it up for the woman. Come on. She was my idol. <laughs> but now you are so, like, you're, you're just walking your walk. And you are who you are, and it and it shows that you are completely comfortable with who you are, and you can tell that you're accomplished and happy, and that wears very well on you. Well, I I, I think that um, it's something that women need to be told or need to know and absorb in their 20s and 30s when we're making these decisions. I keep on going back to making decisions. Like, in my 20s, to be honest, when I got married, 
I thought that I would actually not, I dreamed of like being home with kids and not, um, and not working. I actually, that's what I thought I was going to be, to be honest. Then when I did that for a couple of, I was like, oh, this is yucky. You know, like, yeah, I'm not just staying home. I need to, you know, I'm not satisfied. Then it was about, okay, well, you know what, what can we do to make myself happy? You know, and I think that that decision, that next decision to about what kind of career that would make you happy, because you should, everyone should work. Everyone should earn money. You Somehow you need to be able to support yourself. You can't rely on anyone to, you just shouldn't. It's such a bad, bad decision. Bad decision. Like, that's a bad decision. So what is it that's going to make you happy to make money? Like, so you have to do something that you love, and that's, you know, becoming an event producer for me was like a dream come true. It's mm-hmm. telling people what oh, to do. So you. Right. Like, like, telling people what to do. It's so, yeah. so you. But like, <laughs> I get paid to make shit happen. Oh, sorry. I'm right. oh, sorry. Shit. That's awesome. Um, like, I love that. Like, that. it's amazing for me to walk. That I got, again, I had a, a wonderful woman, a good friend of mine. I don't know. You guys know who Dan Zanes is? The the Singer, kids performer, Dan Zanes. No. No. Okay. Well, I guess he's out now. But back in the day, he, um, his wife, now ex-wife, Paula, um, said to me, Karen, when I was home with my children, she actually said to me, Karen, you should pr- produce events. And I produced his concerts because he was a big kids performer. But again, an amazing woman mentor, kind of guided me in that direction. And when she said it, it kind of clicked. I listened. You know, those moments, kind of like the, when I was in the car with your mom and she said, listen to your instinct. Again, a woman, a powerful woman said to me, you should be an event producer. And I listened to her and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And she made me a business card. And I started, like, kind of talking about it, which is what makes life happen for me is just talking. And it launched into an amazing career that sustains through raising my children. Like, I ran the company from my home first very small, took very small projects, and built it up to, you know, now that I have an office and staff, and it's wonderful, I, but it was, it grew and matured with my children. Um, so I think that we have to make good decisions that are early on and, and realize that we have to be, you know, make decisions that make us happy as not only women, but also mothers and wives, and, you know, how do we strike that balance? Right. So we are actually drawing to a close here, but hang on, Karen. Bonnie, I just wanted to to remind our listeners that Bonnie will be joining us next week with my sister, and we're going to be talking about spring fever and how to basically clear the clutter from your life, which Bonnie Uh is an expert in keeping your life simple. Nice to meet you, Bonnie. (laughs) It was nice to speak to you, Karen. Thanks, Cynthia. Bye, everybody. Thank you, dear. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Okay, so back to Karen. <coughs> okay. Now, hi, my love. Hello, sweetheart. I love having you on. Thanks. And it's, fun. I, it's so fun, right? Yeah. I love doing this. I mean, you're saying trust your instincts. My instincts were like, I need to chat. <laughs> I need to be vocal. I need to yeah. talk more. I need to, because when I feel that way too, through talking, things things happen, and. For me, I always loved um, putting people together, introducing and networking um, and linking up people. And, and for me, bringing you on, on Aaron into the world of Mama's Pearls is really shining a light in, onto other women who have maybe, and 
like I said, all of us have gone through our own difficult times and have have our own, you know, difficult um, challenges that we've had to face, whether from our family or from life. A lot of people feel like they've got, you know, the bum rap or a bad lot in life. And I really see you as one of my mentors in um, in helping me toughen up, build an edge. And one thing that you said to me, like you were saying that my mom, you know, passed on some wisdom to you that really sticks with you. Well, you said a bunch of things to me. Some I won't mention on air. But but, um, one thing that you said rather recently was when life gets gets you down, when the going gets tough, you don't just fall back. You don't just lay down and die. You put on your boxing gloves, you get up, you go out, and you kick life's ass. Yep, that's the way it goes. And that is so you and that is so inspiring and has been inspiring to me you know you've had times where you've been upset obviously and gone through stuff and needed needed guidance and I've gone through the same thing and that's why you know you're my sister because I know I can turn to you right there with me and you are one of the biggest cheerleaders that that I have right you are also a shining beacon for other young women and even, you know, older women who maybe want to get back to the workforce, that there that there is a way, there is a path, nothing is is beyond you. And to trust your instincts and you'll know where it's gonna lead and also listen to the people around you, listen to the mentors, listen to other women who are who are observing you. And you'll find you'll find that strength, and you don't have to make the same mistakes or you know relive or regurgitate things that happened to you in your own family. I mean, I, I just think you're doing such an amazing job with your children. Thanks. They are such they're so they're both of them. They're just amazing. They're smart. They're connected. They're um, I like them. Bit, I I like them too, and right. they're. Know, and their their values are in in the right place. They value education. They like learning. They you know they're gonna go after what they but want. But I can't get my son to brush his teeth. <laughs> so he won't be a dentist, my dear. So as we as we come to our close, you know, I, I wanted to um, just invite you if you had anything to anything else that you wanted to um, tie up here, and then I want to ask you my um, my standard Mama's pearls. James Lipson questions. Oh, wow. Um, to wrap up, let's say, I want to thank you for this opportunity. It's been, a, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I mean, I'm so thankful that my parents bought a house next to your parents' home. Right. Because it's been an amazing journey. What a yeah. long, strange trip it's been, but it's been a good-ass time. So <laughs> I'm very thankful for that. Um, I, you know, I, you've, been, you've been an awesome neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I came over with a cup of sugar and I never left. <laughs> <laughs> and um and you mentioned before just earlier about um you know, redefining what it means for a woman to go to work and a man to stay at home, and we'll definitely bring you back on to talk about that a little bit more because I know you have a lot to say. Yes. So, uh, you know, until until then, here's here's my here's um, my friendly reminder to people: if you want to um, find Karen again, she can be found at Oster Agency at www.osteragency.com. That's A U S T E R A G E N C. Y.com. 
Okay. So here are my questions for you, my dear. Wow. What is your luxury indulgence? Spa. Spa. Spa, spa, spa. I take my daughter to spas now. That is my luxury indulgence. So you were with me for my first manicure, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and I went away with you and your mom. Or did, it was just me and your mom. We went to a spa. Up, didn't, was it all of us? Just me and your mom. We went upstate once. But that's yeah, definitely... You left me behind. Yeah, sorry. But it's funny because that actually was probably my first spa experience, and that is my indulgence when I need to take care of myself. That's awesome. Now, which of the following would you prefer? The best, and I, I think I knew the answer, the best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? <laughs> Yikes. Okay, wait. Can I do all three at the same time? That would be a neat trick, but if you had <laughs> to pick if you had to pick one. I live a pretty sexy life. So I don't need that. I love sleep and I love food too. It's all good. I don't know, Cindy. That's a really tough one. If I had right? to choose a good question. <clears throat> I love sleep so much. <laughs> yeah, like it, the sleep has to happen like at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. That would be awesome since I get up at 5 in the morning, yes. That's really funny. And the the best advice your mama gave you? The best advice my mother gave me was stay, um, marriage is not easy. <laughs> and... Actually, this is good advice, I thought. She said, she said uh, hang in. Like, always hang in. Work on your marriage. Work, put the energy, put the effort into your marriage. And that was a really great advice because when there's blips, if you put that energy back into your marriage, you, try, you, know, you overcome those obstacles and you just get stronger. So Love that's it. good advice my mom gave me. Love you, my dear. I love you. Thanks for having me, Sin. Thank you so much for being with us, and thank you, Karen, for sharing this, this hour with me. Again, this is Mama's Pearls reminding you, enjoy your, enjoy your time, enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, and don't worry if you have some emotional scars because they can be undone, and you can forge ahead and become a powerful, empowering person. If you care to reach me, if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me by email. I'm at Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. You can find me on Twitter, which is SinTweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. You can read this week's Mama's Pearls blog, Scar Tissue, at www.MamasPearls.blogspot.com. If you want to listen to any of the past show archives, you can find it at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. And remember, Mama's Pearls is spelled with double N and ends in an S. Talk to you next week where my guest again will be Miss Bonnie and my sister, and we'll be talking about spring fever. Have a great day, everyone. Now it's back to our day job.